This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 779, Comic Review Catch-Up for March 2020. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 779. Wow, we are getting really close to 800. Uh, this is about the time of uh, of the year where I sit down with a spreadsheet and try to figure out, okay, when exactly is episode 800 going to happen? And then figure out if I have to take any skip weeks, because I think I've been keeping a good enough schedule that I may actually have to take a week or two off just to make sure that everything lines up, because I would like having the, uh, the 8th anniversary to be on the same day or that I post the 800th episode. So we'll have to see what I have to finagle to make that happen. Anyways, today we're talking about comic reviews from, or we're talking about comics, I should say, that were released in March 2020. So the recent episodes, I was, I've been talking about books from January and from February. Now I'm finally rolling into March. So this will be the first of two episodes, I believe, that I'll be talking about old books. And then I'm done talking about old books. Uh, then I will just, you know, those hundred books I haven't read don't matter anymore. <laughs> Uh, anyways, I'm not going to give any actual uh, rating, actual numerical you know, number system here. I'm just going to talk about some of the books. Um, for some of them, I, it's actually been a while. I had piles going, and then I was doing them by month, even though for some, I would read like three issues of a title, January, February, March, but then because of the way I've been doing these reviews episodes, I've been doing them as current. So there's some of these books I've read like a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago. Uh, some of them like two months ago, like so. Some of them I might be like, "What the hell happened here?" So instead of giving an actual number value, which I don't think is even fair, I'll talk about my impressions of the book or what I remember as I kind of flip through it. I'm talking about a lot of books, but I'm going to keep this episode short. So we're talking about twelve books, so it's going to be pretty breezy, I think. Uh, first up is Avengers 32. This is uh, by Jason Aaron with artwork by Ed McGinnis and Francesco Mana. Uh, Jason Keith on color art. This is called Earth's Muddiest Villains. Um, which is kind of all over the place uh, tonally um, in terms of like what we see from uh, from Namor. You get uh, some more of Dracula. You get some more of the um, uh, was it the Winter Guard. You have Coulson and the Squadron Supreme. So you're you're building to kind of this group all coming together. The the big thing I think that happens is at the end of uh, Avengers, Avengers 32, where you have the Phoenix Force and the idea that maybe it's coming back for uh, Namor. Uh, interesting. A lot of setup. Um, so we're not really going anywhere much, but we are getting a lot of setup with all the different villainous groups that we've gotten throughout uh, the last, what, three years of... Is it three years? I mean, it's 32 issues, but have there always been an issue a month? I don't know. So it's been like two or three years of Jason Aaron's run on the Avengers, which to me, it's interesting that, you know, his run on Thor was like monumental. It was crazy. It, it shifted the tectonic plates of what the stories you could tell with Thor. But I feel like with Avengers, it hasn't really had lasting impressions in my mind. Like, we've had some good stories, and you have, you know, this the big new um, Avengers kind of headquarters. But besides that, like, I, I just don't know if it's really had a lot of lasting staying power in terms of, you know, the impression it's made on my mind, um, which I don't think is fair. I think he's done some good stuff. I just don't know if it's been, you know, stuff that's really sunk in. Um, I like some of the stories, like the stuff with the, you know, the, the Winter Guard and the vampires i'm interested how he's going to pull together all these kind of villains coming together um so that that is interesting i'm still it's interesting i'm not a fan of the current visualization of namor uh in terms of like kind of the the hair the weird kind of armor he has like i kind of like the very old school uh namor we get a a brief shot of that here and i kind of miss seeing him look like that as opposed to the one we have now um but yeah i mean this is this was decent uh, we've got Avengers of the Wasteland number three. Loving this book. It's so enjoyable. It's written by Ed Brisson, artwork by Jonas Scharf. Um, we've got colors by Niraj Menon. So, again, I don't even know these creators much from anywhere else, but 
Uh, I've just been enjoying this book so much in terms of its interpretation of this, you know, a, a future version of, of Avengers that come together. You have uh, Lieutenant of Lutberry, who's now kind of become Captain America, is Lee dressing like him. You have Ant, who the guy who took on the Ant Man um, persona at this point. You have Danny Cage as the new version of Thor. Now that she's the Hammer, um, love this issue. I like the kind of they're kind of assembling a squad. They have Captain America's shield actually given to uh, you know this Ursatz Captain America. I love this this. Viv Vision being here. I'm excited to see where we go with Modoc and all the creeped out versions of the villains. Um, there's one where I really wasn't sure who it was, and I was like, is that Kane or not? And I think it's some, probably someone obvious, but uh, for some reason I, I didn't come off that much. I did like seeing the Shocker. I don't know if I would feel about Green Goblin looking this weird and grotesque and kind of silly, but uh, I'm interested to see where we go from here, that's for sure. I thought this was a really, really good ride. Uh, we got Batgirl. Uh, issue 45, this is written by... Who did the creative team here? Uh, I'm just flipping through, and I... Am I not... Am I just really dumb and not able to find who worked on this book? Oh, here we go. It's at the end of the issue. Uh, it's written by Cecil Castellucci. Artwork by Carmine de Gimene- Carmine DJ Domenico. Uh, Jordi Belair on Colors, which I... Now that I look at it, obviously it's Belair on Colors. It just has that vibe. And you got uh, And World Design on Letters. Um... Kind of, it just feels like a really bizarre book, but I'm enjoying it. Uh, I really like the arc. I've always been a fan of uh, Carmine. Um, I thought the story was, you know, pretty interesting too. Um, yeah, you know, it, it moves around in a nice clip. I like how Barbara's dealing with you know, her feelings. I like. I didn't expect a Batwoman to show up. I thought that was kind of interesting to see the two of them teaming up together. A uh, book that I've been really stunned by is uh, Deceased Unkillables, number two of three. Um, this issue was written by Tom Taylor, artwork by Carl Mosteri. Uh, although I, I, I hate the uh, lettering of the um, of the credits, I just found it was kind of hard to read at first. Uh, Trevor Scott and Neil Edwards on inks, as well as Carl Mosteri. Is it Mustard? See, I can't even tell because of the way that the the letters are done. So I'm not a big fan of the letters. Maybe um, who does the letters here? Uh, Saida Temofonte. I mean, for the most, for the entire issue, it was fine until the credits page, and then I, it kind of fell apart for me. I love this issue. I love the series. I'm, I'm liking this whole deceased thing a lot more than I ever thought I would. Um, a lot, there's a lot of surprising emotion here. I like this. You know, we're dealing with uh, kind of smaller characters, not your typical big guns. Um, I like seeing how. You know, everything's going, you know, in terms of the... Everything kind of falls apart with uh, Vandal Savage and his crew. Uh, Wonder Woman does some really brutal things. Um, Yeah, this was great. And, again, I like how we have an uneasy alliance between Gordon and the heroes and, uh, you know, Slade and the others. And they're trying to make an army because they have to. Um, It's the only way to survive. It's pretty crazy. And then seeing seeing everyone, um, you know... Seeing Billy Batson has been, you know, one of the people who's been turned into this thing, and everyone's—they're basically executing like children and other people because they've all been infected. Like it's it's pretty brutal stuff, um, but uh, very you know very enjoyable. I loved again seeing how we develop these characters, especially these villains, uh, basically becoming part of a family, and how 
uh, the family goes, and then things go terribly wrong. Um, and, and it, it, you know, it's just a little shocking. And I'm excited to see where we go from here and what the third issue is going to have. But um, it's you know, it's brutal. It's not for the faint of heart, but it's enjoyable. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy issue three by Al Ewing, who is actually on episode seventy seven seventy eight. Um, I'm loving his rendition of the Guardians. Uh, the pencils here are by Nina Vacueva, Chris Brouse, Balin Ortega, and Juan Cabal, with inks by. Uh, Nina's doing uh, Nina Vacueva doing their own inks. Carl Story, I guess, is doing the inks for Curtis Sprouse. Bale and Ortega does their own uh, pencils and inks, and so does Juan Cabal. Uh, Federico Bleed is the colors. And I did not realize there were that many pencilers on this because, for the most part, I thought there's a pretty consistent styles, even though we shift in and out of them, I guess. But um, I thought it, it worked a lot. Um, I thought this was very intriguing and interesting, and um, I love the kind of uh, retrospective on what's happened to Star-Lord or the different kind of Star-Lords that we've had in the comics over the years. They actually kind of personify that here. Um, I love what's going on with Drax. Um, I love the beginning where everyone's it, you're, it takes you a second to realize what's happening that you have everyone just saying weird things and then you realize that oh this is from Groot's perspective that everyone is talking and just saying I am Hercules I am Gamora and that's all you get but they convey so much emotion just in those words it's just stunning uh, really digging this I highly recommend it uh, next up is uh, Hawkeye Freefall uh, this was issue 4 which unfortunately we're not going to get a print issue 5 uh, which is its whole other conversation. Really enjoyed this. Love that you have um, Matt Murdock not actually as wearing the Daredevil costume, but still Daredevil confronting um, Hawkeye. Um, yeah, no, there's some crazy stuff here in terms of how they're going to figure out how to you know get Hawkeye out of his current predicament so that people can still go up against Ronan. Um, really interesting and excited to see where they go with kind of Bullseye's appearance at the end of this issue. Uh, Lois Lane number nine. Uh, this is by Greg Rucka and Mike Perkins. Um, again, remains a consistently enjoyable book. I love having um, Batman and the question at the beginning. I thought just interesting to see them together and, and then later on in the issue as well, uh, having their interactions with each other. Greg Rucka doing Batman and the question just feels right. Um, again, and him writing Lois is great too, but I love how much of this book is also about Renee because uh, no one really gets Renee as much as he does, um, which makes sense. Uh, Morbius number five. This is by Vida Ayala with pencils by Marcello or Marcello Ferrara and Francesco Mobili uh, with inks by Roberto Poggi, JP Meyer, and Scott Hanna and colors by Dono Sanchez Almara. Um, so a lot of different kind of creators involved. And that being said, it's so resting. The art is fantastic. It's grotesque at times, but just enough. Um, I like with Morbius, you know, is kind of a protagonist and antagonist at the same time. He's just trying to cure himself. Um, I really, really dug this. This this whole Morbius book has been so enjoyable. Speaking of really enjoyable books, Road to Empire. Uh, this is written by Robbie Thompson, artwork by Mateo de Lulis who does the present-day sequence, and Javier Rodriguez and Alvaro Lopez on the flashback sequence. Um, so this is pulling out, pulling up the characters that were in the Meet the Scrolls story. And I don't even know what I like most. I love the flashback stories. I love the art. I love how much information it kind of it pumps into, you know, adding so much uh, development and um, context to what's going on. But I also just love these characters from Meet the Skrulls and how, you know, they're going in for on a mission and things don't quite go the way they expect. And then it kind of ends with a bit of a cliffhanger about what Hulkling is saying to all the, uh, you know, uh, gathered Kree and, uh, 
and skulls that they're you know that they're not going to fight each other anymore and they're going to unite together. I love this book so much. Um, and part of it's probably, again, that they use the Meet the Skulls characters, and I love those characters so much, and I love that book so much, so this is so cool. Uh, then we got Runaways 31, uh, which is uh, uh, this cover about Chase Stein. Um, this is Cannon Fodder, is the name of the storyline, part 7. Uh, it's written by Rainbow Roll, Andres Genelet on art, and D. Canifi. I apologize for brutally um, mispronouncing names. That's the color artist. And Joe Sabino from Virtual Calligraphy on Letters. Um, really enjoying Runaways. It continues to be super enjoyable. We get a lot of a um, you know a bit of a climactic moment here in terms of what's been going on um, with you know the the character. Now was it Victorious? I believe that everyone was going towards, and they were kind of under his sway. Uh, interesting uh, cliffhanger in terms of who picks up the helmet. I'm interested to see where we go from there. Uh, that's all I'll say about that. And last but not least, oh wait. We have two more books. Savage Avengers number 11. Um, this book has changed so much, but I'm so enjoying it. That's by Jerry Duggan with Butch Geis and Art with the color art by Alex Guimaraes. And I believe this is a one-off uh, because I believe uh, Patch, Patch Zerker was coming back. Um, but loved the focus on Doctor Strange. Loved the Geis artwork. Um, all about, again, Kulan Goff. Um, and to try and figure out a way to you know combat this character. So really interesting, really enjoyable. Cannot wait to see where we go from here. Um, but yeah, this book has become so much more thoughtful and thought-provoking and more of a mythology than it started with, which was much more violent, big action, and it has become something... It's still good, but I would say even more engrossing for me. And last but not least, we have Flash 750, um, which has stories by Joshua Williamson and Rafa Sandoval and Steven Segovia, and Jordi Tarragona and Steven Segovia again on inks and inking himself, and Arif Prianto. They're doing the story Flash Age Part 1, which is the first 30 pages. Then you have about eight pages by Jeff Collins and Scott, sorry, Jeff Johns and Scott Collins called Beer Run. Uh, we got YU by Francis Manipal and Brian Bocciolato uh, as the writers and Manipal as the artist. Um, and that is YU. It's, what, eight pages? You got Flash of All Worlds by Marv Wolfman and Riley Rosmo. You got a, a story called At the Starting Line, which is about uh, seven or eight pages by Joshua Williamson and David Marquez. And then you have a flash-forward epilogue by Scott Lobdell and Brett Booth, which is page 69. Um, so let's talk about this. So the first story by Joshua Williamson, this is all about... Uh, the Flash Age storyline that we're going through right now. And this I liked. Um, we're, you know, we're moving, we're hurtling towards the, the next big story. Um, so I'm, it's just a very solid, enjoyable story building off of last issue. And we have uh, Flash and Godspeed, and he, Godspeed kind of brings him into, um, you know, uh, what's his name? Paradox. So the you know paradox is there to fight him, and that's building off of obviously the um, the big climax of the last issue, and it's leading to a big fight between Godspeed and Flash. Uh, then the next story, uh, besides some pinups, is a nice uh, Captain Cold story, which is by uh, Scott Col- Scott Collins and um, Jeff Johns, and this feels it's all about Wally West, and uh, this is just a, it felt like a very old school. Captain Cold story, great art, great story. It feels like it's right during their run, like it's like no time has passed. Uh, then you run into a story um, which is all, which is by Manipal, which is fun too, called YU, and it was just interesting to kind of see what Flash has been up to. Um, then we have a, a Flash of a World story by Marv Wolfman, which I really enjoyed, which was a, kind of a crazy old school kind of throwback. 
Uh, then we have a story by Joshua Williamson and David Marquez, all about uh, Jay Garrick, which I really enjoyed, um, and is apparently leading up to something coming this year, which I'm excited about because I do love Jay Garrick. And then we have a, a postscript to Flash Forward, um, which is all about uh, you know Wally dealing with the time and how time has been is a little bit crazy and how to fix things and how the same events have happened twice. You know, the, the Teen Titans first coming together, first the classic old school one and the more new 52 version. Um, back in the day, what him meeting Wally looked like versus when he met Wally and Wallace. Also, the fact that uh, Barry's hair was both short and long. Sorry, I was talking about Wally and then I switched pronouns to talking about Barry. Um, so really interesting stuff. Again, we're seeing kind of the Flash family pre, pre-52 and then post-52. So I like that there's these juxtapositions, so I'm interested to see where we go from here. Um, so, you know, we're supposed to... This is supposed to be continued in May's Generation Zero, and I don't know if you know this, but, you know, comics didn't happen for a couple months, so uh, who knows when we'll get that. Anyways, that is everything. That is 12 books. I quickly kind of ran through things that I liked, things that I didn't. For the most part, I like most of these books. Um, I will read a few more March books for our next Reviews episode, and then we're done with our lookbacks, and then we'll just be talking about new comics again, which is exciting after two months of just, you know, spending time looking into books from January and February and now March. So, thanks for... Uh, uh, downloading this episode you can email me at comic shenanigans at gmail.com rate the show on itunes subscribe to us on itunes and also listen to us on stitcher and uh we should have a hopefully we'll have an interview episode this week but it might be something else i haven't yet uh finalized everything and uh but hopefully some good stuff as we uh get closer and closer to episodes 800 if you can believe it anyways thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you next time Bye bye <laughs>